Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 From the new garage, that's an umlaut, it's the Throwback Podcast, your guide to important music for people born in exactly 1980. I'm Dan Hansis, joined as I always am by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castrone. Hey, hey, Dan, we're doing it. Here we are. Oh, yeah. The end of the world is, am- is upon us and we're still podcasting. Oh, the, oh, the, the skirmish. I mean, it's. I mean, it's the skirmish by the in Europe. time by the time we post this. Is we, it in Europe? No, it's. Yeah, no, it is. By the time we nice. by the time nailed we, it. By the time we post this, we could be in like a full nuclear winter. So, so this. Might, well, it won't, it won't post if that happens. Oh, it'll post. Won't the internet be down in that scenario? Oh, it'll post, bro. We're on Podbean. <laughs> this is going up. If we were on that other site. The oh, one no. that canceled us after about three months. Yeah. And not canceled us because we were problematic. They canceled us because we were bad at podcasting. We got canceled the old fashioned way. They did. I'm proud of it. <laughs> uh, it would not get up. But, but on Podbean? Podbean? We're doing it. You fucking kidding me with this Podbean? <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's going to be like that Wall E Pixar world where everything's gone. It's just garbage. And our podcast is mm-hmm. playing on like one transistor radio that happens to have the internet and happens to be hooked up to Podbean. So we're I, good. I know there's a lot of people excited listening to this episode right now because for a large segment of our audience, especially those who reside overseas, they have been pounding bob are you drinking the kelsey grammar beer i am drinking the kelsey grammar beer <laughs> it's not even a bit anymore no it's just good You're beer just like <laughs> it's just good beer you know that guy ruined your life on some level all's forgiven <laughs> it's a damn good beer that's amazing that you're just drinking Fraser's beer. <laughs> I like that you realized that after everything that happened there are so many beers in your fridge kudos to you by the way and uh this is the one i grabbed I mean, here's the thing, too. Like, I'm sure that's going to fail. Me, I know. So I'm trying to enjoy it before it goes under, just like Money Plane did. Right. So the fact that you are at least showing... What does it say on the back? Because I see he signed it. And I didn't notice <laughs> that he's actually walking through a field with a, one of his children. We don't know it's his kid. Just no. Saying. Well, he's had... I think he's had like 400 kids. 47 kids. Faith American is inspired <laughs> by these mountains and the countless days of recreation and comfort they have given us, my family and I invite you, what are you talking about? <laughs> to enjoy this beer. Kelsey Grammer. A little weird that his family his is... His kids in, are like, get come- drunk on this, this suds. <laughs> <laughs> that seems weird. It seems weird, but you know what? <laughs> Tastes damn good. All right, good. So people are excited. They're excited that Bob's drinking uh, the beer of his most bitter enemy. <laughs> Faith American Ale. <laughs> Faith American Ale. Is he a right wing guy? Yes. Very. Kelsey Grammer is. Very. He's one of those right wing guys that's like, I'd work more in Hollywood if it wasn't for my beliefs. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. It's all checking out. Faith American. So, Bob, you're a uh, fairly left minded man. You're also drinking the beer of a guy that named it Faith American. What, you know what that means. Like, only the true Americans that have my political views yep. will enjoy this beer. 
Like at what point, Bob? You got the dignity almost that you're checking at the door to. I'm, I'm not to turning. Swill the suds. I'm not turning one blind eye. I am going full <laughs> Stevie Wonder blind in order to drink this beer, and I don't regret it one bit. All right, I'll move on. People are excited, Bob, about Arctic Monkeys being on this podcast because, and I get it. All the people that are fans of this band cannot understand how we've gone five years without hitting this album. Uh, this is one of the most important albums, I'd say, uh, to come out of the UK and the aughts. Whatever people say I am, comma, that's what I'm not. And yet we have hesitated for a long time. Now, Bob, explain to the audience why it's why we're doing it now and try to leave out the fact that there's no way we thought we'd still be doing this pod in 2022. Wait, how am I supposed to do that when that's the reason we're doing it now? Um, I think it's time. I think it's time that we expand what this podcast is for not just people who were born in exactly 1980, but for a few people that were born in the second half of 1981. That's important. 81 gets overlooked. I feel like this is... You know, the uh, millennial thing starts, a lot of people say 82. Mm-hmm. 80, obviously, we're in that gray zone. Mm-hmm. 81 is kind of like the overlooked of the overlooked. Yeah, and I get I, it. And I think if you're exactly one year and four months younger than us, this album was super important to you. Like, initially, this podcast was for people whose earliest memory was the Challenger explosion. Yep. Now, at least for one night, one night only. This podcast is for people whose first memory is baby Jessica falling down the hill. <laughs> so don't say that this, we're limited. Yes, yeah, don't say scope. we can't evolve. <laughs> uh, no, it is. It's good. We're going to get into it, obviously, over the next hour or so. Um, our thoughts about this band and this album. Um, but I do, I will say this, Bob. The, the Arctic Monkeys, we were... You were living on the Lower East Side at this point. I think I had just moved uh, into New York and I was on the Upper West Side. And I remember us both getting this album right when it came out. Right. Uh, it, I remember it came out in the winter um, of 06, January. Wow. Good and, memory. Yeah. I, I specifically remember it being cold and us uh, listening to the album. And initially, at least how I remember it was really wanting to like it. And never quite coming around. So the, I, now as we hit where this is just over 15 years later, 16 years later, um, this will be a good album to come back to and, and see why it's viewed as one of the most important records that came out and came out of the UK uh, in the last 20 years. And uh, maybe uh, we maybe we whiffed a little bit. There uh, was, I mean, there was so much hype on it. Obviously, it was one of those albums that was being talked about right off the bat as being like, this is a generational album. This is important. This is breaking records. This is huge. And you and I, I was 26. You were a, uh, an older 25. Kind of looked older than me, despite the fact. Uh, um, but, you know, I think for people that had kind of been there, done that a little bit, we were like, all right, show us what you got. And we might have been a little skeptical at that age for this band. I feel like that was probably our mindset because we had already experienced, you know, the Oasis buzz of the early nineties. We had already experienced the garage rock revival and now, and then the killers and Franz Ferdinand. And now you were hitting us with another big band from the UK. 
I think we were a little like, all right, let's see what you got. And I don't think we were able to fully enjoy it because we didn't want to. Okay. Or maybe we didn't think the music was good enough. Or maybe it's that. To warrant the hype. I don't, I don't know, but don't know. we've had we have some distance now and we're going to get and by into the way, it. We didn't not like it. You know, it was definitely something I played a bunch and it was it was there, but the whole time I was listening I was like, are they better than the Libertines? Show me what you got. No. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. I think that eh, that's a good call cuz they Libertines came out right around the same time. Libertines were before. Libertines were, you know, the... 2004 the, about, yeah. right? Yeah, so they came out two years earlier, and then I think they put out another album maybe around this time, and then they were... Then the one of the guys was robbing the other guy's apartment. They, no, Libertines or, were completely done by this point. Yeah. Yeah. Did we do Libertines on the show? I think we've done 14 Libertine albums. <laughs> we've done the EPs. We did Up the they've Bracket only, 10 times. Only, they only made two real albums, and then they came back for it with a third, but we've done all of those. <clears throat> all right, so our, our, our aughts... UK band of choice is the Libertines. Yeah, so I guess the mission statement of this um, episode is listen with fresh ears, see if uh, we like it as old men, and also pose the question, are they better than the Libertines? Because I think the UK, I know when you go over there with your other podcast, mm-hmm. uh, um, <laughs> people pull you aside and wow, say... Wow, what a loyal audience over there. People pull you aside and say... For your better podcast, when are you going to do the Arctic oi, Monkeys? Oi! You sent me videos of a bunch of people yelling at you, asking to do the Arctic Monkeys a couple of years ago when you were there. So, yeah, this means a no, lot to them. Uh, just a, a baseline level of preparation for the show. I could have now thrown it to that sound. It would no. have been a nice way to get into things. But When uh, I was driving over here, I thought we were doing Pearl Jam. So there's a lot that we were not <laughs> ready for tonight. But we're doing this. Because you know, Dan, this won a Patreon poll. Ah, see... Oh, you fuckers thought that we didn't care about that, that we were pulling your leg. In February 2021. (laughs) (laughs) But we are getting to all of those, almost all of them. We will never do a Presidents of the United States uh, of America podcast. I'm sorry. Not not while I'm alive. Before this episode, I I ran down the list of all of the poll winners that we haven't done yet. And when I said the Presidents of the United States of America, Dan burst out laughing like the best joke I've ever told him. Declared, why would we ever fucking do that? <laughs> no, it's true, though. Um, all right. So before we get to Arctic Monkeys, and I, I have to say, despite being um, a little skeptical of the band, and I will say this, all these years later, they continue to put out albums, and they have had singles that I've really enjoyed in the years since. So I am not blind to... There being a large uh, subsection of people that like the type of music that we like, that see them as one of the best bands of their generation. I respect all that. It didn't connect with me initially, but I think the purpose for me anyway of this episode is to listen with fresh ears and see what comes out. I like that. So let's go back to January 23rd, 2006. It was 11 days after. Is this when you had the, the the big hair? Oh, I was, I was, your weird Al era. I was thriving in January, 2006. You loved it. My hair was just nuts. You loved it. I had a, uh, a memory. I was talking to my neighbor today. It was a very, very suburban, uh, vibe. I was holding my, uh, leaf blower and he he had come over. What was his name? You want to know my neighbor's name? No, your leaf blower's name. Oh, Charles. Okay. 
my neighbor came over and he's like, hey, what's up? And we, we talked shop. We talked house. We talked about, you know, the deck is, needs to be repainted and you got oh, a guy man. and all that good stuff. Prime dadding right there. And then uh, it reminded me of um, we started talking about baseball and this lockout and all this stuff. And then we I said one of my favorite things to do, it just kind of popped in my head because he was mentioning baseball tonight. One of my favorite things when I when we were in our 20s and out at the bars was having a few drinks, hanging out with your friends, and then baseball tonight being on one of the TVs mm -hmm. in the bars. And I just always, whether for fantasy purposes or the, the Yankees or just being a baseball fan, just watching baseball tonight while you're in the bar. Baseball tonight's so underrated in a world of sports center with everybody properly rated sports center. Baseball tonight was always better. Carl Ravage. Yep. Harold uh, Baines. Not Harold Baines, almost. Harold Reynolds. That's what I meant, Harold yes. Reynolds. Uh, uh, Tim Kirchin. Kirk. Uh, you, sometimes you throw it to Peter Gammons when you needed to get a statesman involved. Um, but anyway, uh, this is, in a lot of ways, uh, when I think of the winter of 2006, Bob, we are, we are out. We're proud. Uh, we are living in New York City. Uh, within 18 months, you'll be in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, within two years or so, I'll be there with you. So this was the last full year in New York. Four months before meeting my wife for the first time. Four months. Uh, also, two months before me meeting your wife for the first time. Wait, what? Uh, we, uh, you know what? I that's that's a slip. I I was in a relationship with your wife for six weeks. Oh my god! It was very sensual, <laughs> carnal, carnal. Uh, but it was only physical. I mean, only. It was only physical. So body. much worse when you say it like that. And uh, I'm very happy that you guys are still together. I'm not now. I was. That could bring the whole thing down, right? <laughs> right? One way or the other, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're gross. <laughs> All right. What do we got? What else, Bob? What was happening? In oh, what were you saying? You said you were on top of your game. No, I, I feel like I was kind of like I was feeling my shit in January 2006. Was this post-show era? This was, I was doing um, this thing called the post-show with Brian and Jason Zumwalt, where mm -hmm. we were posting videos online. And we had, I think around this time, signed a deal with superdeluxe.com. So we were like on our way up, like doing these uh, videos with a budget all of a sudden. And we were eventually going to quit our jobs and move to LA to do it full time, which was amazing. But we were kind of feeling like we were on the verge of doing something and it was just running around New York. Yep. Jason Zumwalt's theme song. We said his name. So Here he comes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Zumwalt. Just kidding. Got Go him. Had the big hair. Had uh, the Sideshow Bob hair. It was just, you know. I didn't like that style as much. And I, I told you as much uh, in a respectful manner. You and most women didn't like it. But... <laughs> I think what you were going for was the Albert Hammond Jr., yeah, when I kept it Albert Hammond length, it was good. But every once in a while, it when would you just got it too long, it would yeah. come. It would come down on the sides, and it just didn't have the same. I, there was a. It seemed like there was a very, and everybody. So many people can relate to this. Yeah, myself included. Your hair, it can grow to a certain length and kind of be. Oh, this is the sweet sweet spot. But if you try to take it a little farther. It can it, it won't work with you. Yeah, but it was fun going to a concert and just kind of like headbanging and feeling your hair kind of whip around your face. That was oh, kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, oh, so you know, hot. that was erotic. You know, what we should talk about in this episode is how we started 
um, how we ended 2005 and started 2006, that New Year's Eve. Yeah, let it rip. We'll talk about that. But um, in January 2006, uh, High School Musical debuted, Dan. I know you were a big fan of that. Was, uh, was um, I don't know, Justin Bieber, not Justin Bieber. Basically, uh, Zac Efron. Efron, he was Efron. in that, and that whole crew. Go. Okay, okay, I see. Uh, I'm hip. On January 22nd, Kobe Bryant scored 81 points in his legendary game. Right. He shot, He had a lot of shots in that game, and it was a bad Lakers team. Eminem married Kim for a second time. Did he really? He did. That's cute. I like that he did that. Dan Pink got married that month. Who did Pink marry? She married a, a, um, a skateboarder of some kind. Motocross. Same bullshit. Same. <laughs> and it did not work out. And then it led to... Um, it led to her doing a song that I was a guilty pleasure for me. Which one? I mean, I think we were just talking about Pink recently, how she's like the number, like had so many hits and nobody ever thinks or talks about Pink right. ever. This one. Oh God. This one. <laughs> I hate this one. <laughs> just, just give it a second. If, we're, if this is the Fresh Ears episode. Yeah, Fresh Ears. Right, here okay. we go. Nope. I'm gonna start a fight. Okay. So I will say this about Pink real quick before I, I I'll throw it back to you, Bob. Someone I was listening, I was watching some YouTube video. I want to credit the dude because he's really good, actually. If you like music criticism, um, his name is Todd in the Shadows. Okay. Check out Todd in the Shadows if you want somebody with um, a good, really base of knowledge of music, rock and roll history, pop music history. And um, he is very honest. He's literally in the shadows, mm-hmm. so his criticism is really biting. So I get it's either cowardice or just smart. So like uh, Taylor Swift fans can't kill him or whatever. But anyway, uh, he made a point. He was talking about Katy Perry's disastrous album Witness that ended her career, basically. Mm-hmm. And he broke it into bands are or artists. They're the ones that are true superstars, like a Beyonce. And then there's people like Katy Perry who are only super duper famous as long as they keep putting out hits. Right. And then as soon as they stop, people kind of forget about them. And I think that's what happened with Pink. I don't, but I mean, Pink's, Pink was around for a long time before she kind of disappeared. Because she kept putting out hits. Right, but that's not easy to do. But when's the last time Beyonce put out a hit? She's still like she seen as to. a legend. Right, right. There's like this weird dynamic. Anyway, I wasn't really listening as you were talking, but I, I get, I kind of. You should. I mean, it's a podcast with two people. I know. I know. That's vital. I was just enjoying my beer. It's so good. (laughs) Your sellout beer. My sellout beer is so good. Anyway, you were talking about how you were in your prime, and no, uh, we weren't. That's what we were talking. about. Oh yeah, no, we were talking about yes, the motocross guy. I lost my husband. I don't know where he is. Much like my actual prime, we moved on very quickly from that (laughs) topic. Uh, Big big month for movies, Dan. Grandma's Boy and Big Mama's House Two came out. 
Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Grandma's boy. That was the guy. Nick Swartzen. Nick Swartzen, who I think made a pass at me he, in a bar in Hollywood in 2008. In the bathroom of a bar, right? No, it was pretty much. Right outside the it bathroom. It was at a, a, a bad comedy show we were at. That's right. And uh, he kind of looked at me like a piece of steak. He was maybe like one of the only people that have ever done that to me, man or woman. So, And I felt a little uncomfortable. It was like what it must feel like to be a hot woman is the way <laughs> that man, I believe, yeah. looked at me. You look good that night. Thank you, Bob. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame him. Well, you know, it's, again, allegedly. You look good tonight, too. Well, I wouldn't say that. Now I, I think I think we're going downhill. Now I see what my wife saw in you for those six weeks. They were, oh my God, it was hot. You ever the, seen nine and a half minutes or weeks or whatever the fuck it was? <laughs> nine and a half minutes sounds about right for you. The number one. That's a pretty good time. That's a good time. Yeah, what a are good we time. talking about? No, I mean combined for the six weeks. <laughs> okay, well, that's okay. not so good. There we go. The number one modern rock song, Dan, reaching for your vodka. Desperately. Desperately. <laughs> uh, when the Arctic Monkeys debut album came out, was this. Yes! Yes! Can we do this album instead? Do you want to just do Make Believe? No. Oh, yeah. Can I just say this is um, a top five Weezer song for me? I love this song. And there's nothing clever or smart about it, but it just... Uh, and I'll throw it out there, the, one of the best songs ever without a chorus. Well, we'll get into that. All right, here we go. What's the deal with my brain? Why am I so obviously insane? In a perfect situation, I let love down the drain. There's the pitch, slow and straight. I label anything for Weezer after the Green Album as like... Uh, Head injury era, Weezer. It's like after the bike accident, not wearing a helmet, suffered a sustain a serious uh, brain injury. No longer had a real vocabulary or, or, or real any layers to the music. But still, it was in there, like muscle memory. Right. And then something like this would pop up. Head injury, Weezer. <laughs> So good. Perfect situation. Do you remember the video? I love the video. Are you kidding me? It's a great video. I I mean, I was going back to 2006. I think actually in love with Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, had like real feelings for her. If you were if you're of a certain age, you know she was uh, Kim Bauer from 24. Keeper Sutherland's uh, daughter on that show. And then if you have good comedy taste, you know Happy Endings, where she was played an excellent uh, ditz yep. on that show where she was sexy but also funny like legitimately funny legitimately funny. Uh, I think she's very talented then she married a hockey player and kind of disappeared let's not forget about The Girl Next Door legendary legendary movie with uh, Emile Hirsch and Timothy well, I wouldn't say it was a legendary movie but a legendary, legendary kind of sex pot I was going to say legendary yeah. movie for pervs like when the door opens and she's wet yeah, yeah. looked incredible 
listen, we don't we don't purport to be a high minded podcast. We're just telling you there's a there's tens of thousands of um, heterosexual men and gay women maybe out there who remember that scene and look upon it fondly. Yeah, and we're among that group. And Paul Dano was in that movie, and he's the Riddler now, so it's all topical. <laughs> situation i mean even listening to it now it's there's not a lot there actually there's actually not a lot of meat on this bone but it's one of those things in head injury weezer era where it's like (laughs) he found something that was just you know poking like my pleasure zone this album really goes from one end to the other it has excuse me one of their worst songs ever nope we are all on drugs one of the worst songs they've ever done. Dog shit. Beverly Hills. Which of Worse course, than that. Yeah, which is one of the most popular songs ever. Also one of the worst. But that's a good song. This is Such a Pity is one of their best songs, I think. That's a good song. It's got a lot of... It's an interesting album. It's not a great album, but it was the beginning of the end. The real beginning of the end. I was I was really nervous that I was about to click and see that Beverly Hills was their most streamed song. It is, right? It's not. Oh, thankful. really? Okay. But it is their fourth most streamed song. Okay, that's good. Now, you are a Weezer super fan, Bob. Well, yeah. I mean, I was. Yeah. You were. Yeah. But you're you're one of those Weezer fans that now that they're on their 75th album, they've literally used every color possible for album titles. And they're not trying at all. But they also they suffered a major head injury. So it's Come understandable. On. What are the three Weezer songs that have been streamed more than Beverly Hills? It's going to be Island in the Sun. By far, number one. Almost half a billion streams. Whoa. Buddy Holly? Yep. That's oh, good. third. Um, and I'm missing number two? Yeah. It's right there, if you just think. Say it answer. Right. Correct. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's better than I thought it was going to be. I'm glad. I'm glad. But it is a little bit depressing on a um, molecular level that... Uh, I'm glad it's not Africa. Beverly Hills, yeah, has... Uh, 80 million more streams than the sweater song. That's annoying. Right. That's not okay. That's annoying. You know, what else, you know what else is annoying, Bob, is that for thousands of listeners of this podcast, we had not done the Arctic Monkeys. I think it's also been annoying for them that it's taken us like 30 minutes to even get into the Arctic Monkeys on the Arctic Monkeys episode. And we apologize. We do? We well, do, we, we really don't do that very often. But that ends right now.
Should we go to the chorus here, Bob? Why not? What? I thought the chorus was coming in. All right, here we go. This is track one, The View from the Afternoon, off the Arctic Monkeys debut album. This is it here, right? And she won't be surprised. Yeah. All right, this this, this album starts and it, this song starts and just keeps rolling. They a lot are, of things happening here. I like it a lot. Right away, you know these guys are young and snotty and pissed off. Uh huh. Oh, and British. You can tell they're British because of the way that his voice sounds. Alex Turner, lead singer. Right. He just wants to be in the Strokes. This is one of the last songs written for the album. There's nothing clever. It's just about anticipating the evening, finding comfort in the familiarity and the fact that you know you're bound to send a daft message or something before the sun comes up. I think I've stopped doing that now. Such a great call. Gotta be careful what you text when you're super drunk. That will get you. Every single time. Still. Still, one th- if I can impart one thing upon the youth of tomorrow, never make plans when you're drunk. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Because everything sounds like a great idea when you've been drinking. And if you lock yourself in, you're fucked. It's a little safer if the person you're making plans with is also very drunk. But if there's a discrepancy at all and you're the drunker one, you're going to agree to something you don't want to do. Right. Best case, you're both drunk, you both forget, or you both regret it in the morning. Right. I, I've, I've done it before and I've learned my lesson and now I just, I've sent texts. All I have to do is hit send and I say, nope. Taking it down. I have a strict no texting, no phone call, no email policy when I'm drunk and or stoned or anything because it never ends well. <laughs> you will always 100% regret your response. Right. I mean... Uh, we've all done it. We've all done it, but like it takes it takes maturity to know. Like, what about it's never when good pre marriage? Oh, that's a whole different ball game. But pre marriage, have you ever had like a a string of text or a conversation with a, uh, either a significant other or a girl you were interested in or a girl that you had had history with, and then you wake up and you check the text in oh, the morning, and yeah. it is bad, bad, like. You just have that feeling in your gut like, oh, my God, there's no undoing it. There's nothing that can be done. There's absolutely nothing that can be done. So the view from the afternoon uh, hits on some of those sentiments. So there they go. We can we can connect with these people. <laughs> with these people. <laughs> they're, they're just like us. It's a good way to start the album, though. I, I really I because I, I like the. Um, I especially like that the part where the guitars are uh, jagged and coming in and out mm-hmm. of each ear. Um, and that just, there is, there was something certainly fresh about them. And I think with the, as we get to, I think is the most well-known song, at least on this album from this band. Um, I think one of the things that in retrospect, uh, maybe my guard was up a little bit on as someone who had a very 
had a huge stake in the Britpop era and and was well aware how that had burned out. Mm-hmm. So it burns out. You know, Be Here Now goes up in flames in 97, and Britpop is essentially over at that point, even though there are some good bands still obviously coming out of England. But Star Sailor. Star Sailor, mostly. Um, but when this band came out, and this album, it started getting the type of praise that the Strokes were getting before Is This It came out in the UK publications. And it was just kind of like, are they trying to make this something? Right. Are yeah, they trying to make a they miss being the center of the rock universe. The the British magazines are like, we're gonna make this band big. I don't know why. Maybe it's just being twenty five. You were twenty six, so you were older at the time. Yeah, so. I was wiser. Yeah, but it did no, it did have that feeling of like there was so much building overseas that it hadn't happened here yet, and we thought we were the epi- epicenter of music in two thousand five, two thousand six. So the fact that it's like, wait a minute, no, no, no. Everything good is coming out of here. Everything good is is New York or the Killers or the White Stripes. Like you're telling me, there's something else. Like I don't know if I'm buying it, but they were really pushing it. It's like I just, you know, I was listening to How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. I'm like, whoa, let's, you know, the epicenter of rock is I, still in Dublin. I don't know if we're saying the same thing anymore. Oh, I feel like we were for a second. By the way, these kids are. Babies when this album comes out because Alex Turner, um, the front man, obviously, and principal songwriter of the Arctic Monkeys, is just turned 36, Bob. He was born one day before you, six years later. January 6th? January 6th, 1986. Put him on a different board. Put him on the board. Put him on the uh, insurrection board. (laughs) We have so many boards in this garage at this point. There's a lot of shit we got to get around to solving. I thought we solved most of it at this point. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. All right, let's move on. I believe this is a fucking banger, but again, haven't heard it in a while. <laughs> That's how you start a fucking song. Fucking so good. Fuck everything else. Stop making the eyes at me. I'll stop making the eyes at you. What it is that surprises me is that I don't really want you to. And your shoulders are frozen. Over your an explosion. Your name isn't real, but I don't care for sand and light. Bob, I love this song, but you guys over there, I gotta say, and ladies over there in the UK, you are fucking amazing. You crack me up. <laughs> We've been down the road of uh, Angels by Robbie Williams, which we learned there was a vote, and it was Angels was voted the song you want to be buried to in England. Yes, you guys. All- Robbie Williams song. You all agreed. All of England came together and agreed 100%. 100% of us here in England bury us to Robbie Williams. And 20% were like, no, bury us to that song, but the Jessica Simpson version. Please. Like, Please. Jessica's version. <laughs> but to my point, 
According to Wikipedia, the song I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor was ranked, and I'm going to let you th- ruminate on this, Bob, okay. after I say this. The song was ranked at number s- seven on NME's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. <laughs> number seven. Guys. Like, honestly, they're... And I like this song a lot. It's a really good song. There are 20 Beatles songs that are better than this. <laughs> Maybe mean. 50. Remember the Beatles' number one album that came out? It had 27 number one hits? So right away, we're at number 28. How many Star Cellar songs are on that list? Wait, do I have to look up this list? No, you don't. I, I, I am kind of curious what the f- six better songs are than that ever. I'm going to look up that's, the list. That's amazing. Number seven. Uh, it's a great song. It was the first single off uh, this album. And it was huge. It was huge. Uh, it won best track at the 2006 NME Awards. Uh, one of three awards won that night by Arctic Monkeys. By the way, they're not the Arctic Monkeys. Right. They're Arctic Monkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, in October 2011, NME. Man, NME was hot for this one. Big old boner for this band. Number 11 on its list of 150 best tracks of the past 15 years. Okay. Uh, later ranked seventh, as I said. Best 500 songs of all time. Uh, they noted the song is, quote, the perfect encapsulation of what it is to be young, pissed, Lusty, angry, and skint in modern day Britain. All right, we got to look it up, Bob. We got to start using. I don't even have to ask you, Bob. You're a very educated man, Bob. Intelligent, but I know you don't know what skint is, (laughs) and neither do I. It's not one of skint. That's not one of our. Take a guess. It's not one of our words. You want to guess? Skint. Yeah. You have a pass. Adjective. It is an adjective. Informal British. Informal British. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Man, he's, he's just working so hard over there. Smoke's coming out of his ears <laughs> for this bit that he's going to do right now. I think I know what the bit's going to be. All right, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, all right, here we go. Skint means... Oh, nice. Uh... I'm just going to play the odds here and go with um, cheeky. <laughs> but that's an adjective, too. I know, but it's like another adjective that means the exact same thing. It means... Uh, like cutesy, like... A bit precocious, precocious and cute. Flirtatious. Yes. Mischievous. Yes. Well, you're fucking wrong, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, skint... In 1814, is shut up. <laughs> well, rest in peace, Alex. You can't tell him to shut up. You can't tell him. Man's to a shut legend. Up. Come on. A person of a person having little or no money available, so broke. Broke. Yeah, I would have never got that. That's a toughie. <laughs> that was a tough one. So being lusty, even lusty is kind of funny. I know what that means, but obviously it's kind of funny. Pissed, lusty, angry, but pissed and angry is the same. Does that mean drunk? Oh, oh drunk. Shit. See? God damn it. It's like a different language. <laughs> Angry and skint in modern day Britain. I get it. 
I get it. It's great. It's a great song. It's a great song. I understand why people like it. And for me, hearing that, it was like, oh, they are libertines Like Because that's like, for for us, it was like a very, had the same sound as the libertines. I wish there was like a second dude coming in the way the libertines had it. Oh, to be, that's not fair. To be. It's a different vibe. I know, band. but that's all I really wanted this album to be was the third libertines album. And in some ways it was for me. And in other ways it wasn't. All right. Oh, my God. This list is fucking crazy, Bob. What did I say it was? The seventh. seventh? Yeah. They, you know what? The UK, they just have like a, a whole other thing going on, Bob. <laughs> it's just a whole other thing. That's why we declared our independence, ultimately. Like, I'm looking at the list from, it's way more... Like, if you are Rolling Stone magazine in the U.S. and you're tasked with coming up with the 500 greatest songs of all time, you have, it's clear when you read those things, there's a responsibility to it. And you have to make sure that you're covering every base. A lot of eyeballs on it. You're going to be criticized one way and another. Like, Like you can't ignore Chuck Berry. You can't ignore James Brown. You you need to understand the, the entire scope of things. Right. And then you go on to a list in the UK and then it's like the number nine song ever made is Toxic by Britney Spears. <laughs> like ever. <laughs> ever. It's like uh, the number 14 song ever made, Bob, was Video Games by Lana Del Rey. Wait, is this ever? You're sure it's ever? I am going to read you the name of the article again. The 500 greatest songs of all time. <laughs> The number two song of all time in the history of recorded music. Oh, my God. No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age. What? What are they doing? Look, out of curiosity, I'm going to wait. Gold Digger by Kanye West, number eight. No. When is the first Beatles song? When is it? Get Your Freak On. Morrissey. Sex Pistols. The Clash. Crazy in Love by Beyonce. The beat, the first Beatles song is the is Tax Man. I can't. Oh my god! I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. And even that is uniquely British because that was right, right, going up against the man over there. And I get that. And I, you know, we love our UK I listeners, but we don't understand you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the reason we love you. Where's Angels? I'm going to find it. Because, I mean, for that to be the number one song you want to be buried to, you'd have to think it's still pretty high up on the best songs ever. The fact that I went through the first 25 and didn't see Angels yeah. is fucking crazy. Our, 
you still watching Jeopardy over there? No, that was actually the ghost of Alex Trebek. Oh, Pissed off. <laughs> yeah. That he was disrespected momentarily on the Our show. Our first copyright lawsuit is going to come from the ghost of Alex Trebek for playing the music. I like this. I like this a lot. Great. Sounds great. It's great. It's excellent. I love it. So, you know, the Arctic Monkeys put out an album a couple of years ago that was very, like, lounge music-y, like, jazzy. Turned off a lot of fans. But the one line that stood out in the entire album was off uh, the song Star Treatment, where Alex Turner says... Quote, I just wanted to be one of the strokes. Now look at the mess you've made me. Wow. And uh, already just three tracks into this album, you know that this guy wants to be the strokes. He's got his own sound. He's definitely, it's definitely punkier than the strokes were at the time. But it's kind of interesting listening to it in that context of like, he was a kid that loved Is This It and just started his band and went for it and fucking in many ways surpassed them. There are worse bands and sounds to emulate. Yeah. Most of them are going to be in the top 500 songs of all times list. I don't see, um, I don't see it, Bob. Angels not on the list. Angels missed it and missed the cut. Let's see. 99. All of those poor saps that got buried to it had no idea that just a few years later, people will have completely moved on. And apologies to all of our listeners out there who have lost loved ones that were then buried to Angels by Robbie Williams. I know statistically it's most of you. <laughs> and now that I'm looking, it's a very poorly formatted article where it has the number next to the song, but it's actually the reverse order. <laughs> so it looks like it says 100 is Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. Then underneath it says 1, Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. So that means Nirvana's 1. Joy Division, Level Terrace Apart is two. Donna Summer, I Feel Love is three. How Soon is Now by the Smiths is four. Strokes, Last Night is five. Pulp, Common People is six. Number seven, Greatest Song of All Time, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor by Arctic Monkeys. They love them. Got it. Okay. Which then tells us that means, if that's true, then... Queens of the Stone Age, no one knows, is 99. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Not really? I mean, still no, but way more sense than it did before. And Kanye West Goldigger is 93. And Toxic <laughs> is 92. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like I'm a little confused about everything right now. Everything going is through. up in the air right now. <laughs> the ghost of Al Shebeck is on the loose. <laughs> Got to get the Ghostbusters out here. Alex Turner. Proton pack, pack his ass. Alex Turner's on the insurrection board. A lot's Can happening. Can you dance in shoes? There's one thing on your mind. Open that looking for you. Sure you'll be rummaging through. Oh, and the shit show the horror. You've seen your future bright. Yeah, but it's so, so absurd. To say the first word, so you 
dancing shoes, Bob. I remember owning this album, and when Dancing Shoes came on, my little little radar went off. Why is there another song about dancing? I was like, oh. these guys, these guys, big into dancing because I hated dancing. <laughs> Remember how great it was turning 21 and not having to go to Never dan- again. dance clubs anymore? Never again. From 18 to 21, it was all 18 and over clubs where you had to just go out on a dance floor. Second you turn 21 and you go to a bar with a jukebox, that was done. And I was so happy to be done with that. Yeah, I, I, I remember it's a great call because I never danced again. <laughs> <laughs> like I never danced with my wife. No, just drunk at weddings. That's the only right. time you dance. Yeah. My wife and I met when we were 26 and then we're married by 32. And in the, all that time, any dancing was just very rarely and at a wedding or something. Yeah, yeah. But during my college years, especially where I went to college in Boston, where there was a, a thriving club scene, it was a it was a big deal. You get on the dance floor, like not even with uh, girls that you're hooking up with, just your friends. Yeah, it's like grinding and, and from you know. Yeah, into the regions. Yeah, you're just you're thrusting your hips on anything that comes and within like three like, feet of you. It was all kosher. Yeah, that's what you did. A good old boner grind in a big spot. A lot of boner grinding. It's part of what the game. You're just walking around the dance floor with your dancing shoes and a boner, just looking to rub up against something. Gross. That's, yeah. This is, you couldn't see for the lights, but you were staring. I'm reading the scroll, and it won't stop. <laughs> staring straight at me. <laughs> <laughs> What I'll say about this band, and by the way, all these songs for the most part are under three minutes. Um, there's definitely a, uh, this, they're a vital sound. And I totally get why, especially in the UK scene, Britpop dies, then the garage rock movement goes off in the US, and that's where the scene is, and the cool scene is. And you're looking for something, because as I understand it, and I get it, there's a large segment of rock fandom, especially not in North America, that see the true center of rock is in England right. and in the UK. And when you have the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and the Who and Led Zeppelin and the Sex Pistols all Star emanating. Star Sailor. All coming from that era and area, you have a case. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, but you were kind of on a losing streak for a little bit there at the turn of the millennium. Right. It was kind of hearkening back to, you know, I don't want to say Revolutionary War, but that's kind of what it was. It was kind of like... you. Where lo- are you going with this, Bob? It was kind of like your uh, second place again. Keep going, Bob. And uh, America. Are you are you being patriotic about I'm, a war from 250 years maybe ago? Maybe it's the Faith American Al talking. But imagine. If oh, my God, it was it was <laughs> guys. I'm sorry I said that. That was I, that wasn't me. I don't know where that came from. 
fuck. It's this Faith American. Every- <laughs> I just blacked out for a second and got really jingoistic. Did you get did you get roofied by America? <laughs> I was not expecting that to happen. That was ugly. That was excellent, Bob. <laughs> so like every time you take a sip, you you have a feeling about America. Yeah, I kind and- of love America a little more. Like kind of, you know, like the Jews a little less. I don't, I don't see it. You lost me there. Oh, it's Faith American, bro. Oh, I see. And, uh, I thought we were still in the Revolutionary War era oh no, a bit. It's, it's going full Faith American. So it's like all Faith American. And I kind of want to have like four more ex-wives and 14 more kids. So I don't know. I don't know what this beer is doing to me, but I'm a different person now. So what you were saying, you were rubbing... Uh, England's face in the Revolutionary War defeat. That wasn't me. Of that, was, that wasn't that wasn't me. That was Kelsey Grammer's beer. So don't blame me for that. I distance myself from those comments. This is the worst. What is it? That's ninety minutes of American Revolutionary War music <laughs> for you, buddy. You're so quick on the sound ups tonight. I love it. Uh, oh, here's a better one. This is music for fifes and drums. The spirits of '76. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, this, this is, good. is good. Take a sip of the beer. <laughs> okay, no, here we go. It's going to pulsate through The you. combination of the two of these things is going to take me to another plane of existence. <laughs> Holy sh- Wait, Bob is glowing red, white, and blue right now. Muscles are bulging out of every area of his body. <laughs> He's morphing into Uncle Sam. <laughs> I just turned into an eagle and fly out your window. <laughs> Bob is a bald eagle soaring <laughs> above us. <laughs> wow. All right. That was a strange detour for this episode. Didn't expect that to happen. It is an interesting poll, Bob, to drink the Kelsey Grammer patriotic beer tonight. I should, I should be drinking a nice can of Guinness. Nope, you still got it wrong. <laughs> I said that on purpose. What is it? Smithwick? Uh, there's so many. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are the best... Uh, they're very serious about it. I th- know this because I have a great relationship with these people. They're very serious about their beer. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck it up. Do you think you're going to go back there this upcoming NFL season? I know there are a lot of games I hope so. that are happening. I maybe, hope I'll so, come, so. maybe I'll come with you this time. Wow, I like that. Um, Never been. I like that, but I would love that. We could do a live show. Yeah. Know? There's also, there's a game in Germany this year. They might send us to Germany. Oh, wow. So do you want to go? <laughs> Maybe I'll meet you in England on the way back. <laughs> uh, here is according to tasteatlas.com, the 10 most popular British beers, styles, and brands. Sweet Stout, Scotch Ale, Barley Wine, Imperial Stout, India Pale Ale. We know that one. Of course. Brown Ale, Stout, Pale Ale. Okay. Some of those just sounded like. The ends of beer names, but I don't know. I'm not a beer guy, but whenever I go to England, it's the part. It's a part of the culture that I really admire. That people just love it. It's just like, let's have a nice session. Let's just get fucking loose. Let's go to a cricket test match and drink for nine hours with our buddies. See, and that was always what I felt on the inside, which is why going to dance floors and uh, having to be a part of the club scene was so foreign to me it just it never felt right i knew i belonged in a british pub and you're drinking that beer so you hate foreigners so it's just gotta be <laughs> once i'm done with that beer i'll like them again but in the meantime you're right very good you would really enjoy it bob I you've love... never been to england have you never been 
I love this song, by the way. This next one coming up. All right, this is Still Take You Home. Yes. Oh, yeah. Put that in my right ear, bitch. To test, just to test, Bob, how much British people love their beer, I'm going to send out this tweet right now. And I don't even know what time it is in England. I think it's early Saturday morning. Right. The best British beer is, I'm going to put a blank. Okay. And watch how many replies. Immediately. they fucking love this shit. (laughs) All right, here we go. That's our people. All right, I've sent it out. What time? Let me me check this. What time is it? In London. I hope they all just say Faith American Ale by Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> this actually would be a really good test. It's 6.25 in the morning on Saturday. <laughs> oh, this is good. Yeah, I like this a lot. Still take you home. I mean, just a song about what do you know? You don't know nothing. You're fake tan. You're terrible, but I'd still take you home. Such an early to mid 20s song. You just flint. <laughs> yeah, skint. Exactly. Sorry, you're skint. Skint. You're pissed. You're lusty. You're angry. Yeah. You're young. I get it. Yeah, I like this one a lot. It's a good album. It really is. I I, uh, I already feel like I've uh, undersold the album in my brain. I'm into it, and I get why people are into it. Because it really is a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I think, um, and people that are listening to the show can tell me if I'm, my head's up my ass and I, I'm wrong on this. But just listening to it and knowing kind of what was going on in rock music um, at that time, this had to be a breath of fresh air for people in Britain to be like, all right, this is new, this is fresh, this is different. This is what we need right now. Well, also, you have to think, like, 2006, we were already kind of significantly past the garage rock revival. We had already dove, oh, in. We already dove into the... The strokes were basically done by right, this point. Right, the strokes were basically done by this point. We were already into the Franz Ferdinand block party. Mm-hmm. Uh, killers, Modest Mouse. Kill, dancing. So this band that came yeah. out, you know, they're singing about dancing, but they're another kind of garage rock punk band kind of bringing it back oh i see what you're saying okay like kind of a dancey alternative yeah I well we had you. already like kind of got deep into the dancing thing in 2005 and this was a band that was kind of 
taking a step back to more of that sort of garage rock sound. I got that. That makes sense. I I think the same month that this album came out, uh, the Third Strokes album, which we've done on the show, First Impressions of Earth, um, randomly dropped like on like January 2nd or something. Right. It had, uh, you know, a disappointing album for a lot of people, and it was kind of the beginning of the end of the band in, in some ways, or at least them as being a highly relevant rock group. So if you were somebody that was in on the ground floor of the strokes like we were and kind of loved those five years and it was like, okay, what's next? Um, for me, for me, I, what was next at that time was Arcade Fire. And that was right, kind of where right, I right. was at that time. That was com- like, what is the big band? Like, who is who is going to be the band that takes things to the next level? Um, so maybe like my... And I think that's around when the national came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of more in that headspace, and I did like Modest Mouse and like bands like that. Uh, Coldplay was still relevant at that time. I was kind of into Coldplay. I was really into Coldplay at that time. So this, the dance music, maybe didn't connect with me as much. Like I liked Franz Ferdinand, but I didn't love them. Right now, the Killers were more your band. Killers, obviously, yes, that's right. another band that were huge. Now this song, with that said. I like it when you slow it down a little bit. Let's change the pace of the album. Uh-huh. And I love uh, the song, and I love how it starts. Rolls a riot van and sparks excitement in the boys. But the policemen look annoyed. Perhaps these are ones they should avoid. Got a chase last night from men with truncheons dressed in hats. We didn't do that much wrong, still ran away though for the laugh, just for the laugh. And please just stop talking, cause they won't find us if you do. Oh, no silly boys in blue. I got 14 replies so far, by the way. About <laughs> so quick at 6.25 in the morning. morning. <laughs> 6.29 a.m. <laughs> right, let's see what we got so far. Cascale. Jarl. Fine Ales. Farm Brewery. I'm getting photos, too, Bob. Oh, at 6.30 in the morning. They're like uh, running into their kitchen. Uh, it's Redem- Redemption London Hop- Hopspur. And it looks like their logo, Bob, is a Star of David. So you right. check in on that, buddy. Good to know. Good to know. Brewdog. Brewdog all day long, my friend. Oft Ale or Lager. Innis and Gun. Newcastle Brown Ale. Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle. Oh, I like this one from Christ Boy. Room temperature. Okay. Local. Tiger by Everett's 1849. Hobgoblin. Okay. No shortage, Bob, of people within five minutes at 630 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I love you guys. That's where we belong. I love that song, by the way. Yeah, me too. And I understand that's not like, uh, you know, that's not who they are, quote unquote. 
but it showed a you know leather uh, side to them. And at that point of the album, it's a per- it's a an overly long thirteen tracks, Bob. But you stick that at number eight, nice palate you're, cleanser. Wait, you're and still here saying we go. it's overly long when most of the tracks are like two, three minutes. Yes. Wow. It's still thirteen different songs. It's I understand that. One Bob. more than you're able to tolerate. I know, isn't it tough? It's a tough sitch. <laughs> and thirteen is my mix uh, CD track length, so there's there's a, it's a bit of hypocritical situation. Right. What a piece of shit. <laughs> but like, all right, how about this? Is this it, Bob? Right. Eleven tracks. Okay. About you know, thirty nine, forty minutes. You know and what? We're out. How about Blue Album? No, no. By but, Weezer? You know, but you know what? Give me one more because track one's not really a track. What? For is this it? What do you mean it's not a track? You know, it's like barely a song. Is this it? Yeah, it's like a good like plate setter. It's a good like setting the table, table setter. But then it's like set this. That's a song. It. I mean, you're not putting it on mixes. It's not like a single. There's nothing about it. Now it has to be a single. Doesn't have to be a single, but it's it's a song barely. All right. Give me one more. All right. You bet. I mean, listen. Tell me, there's a song about. Love it. I love it as the first song that the Strokes have ever put on an album. It's got a, it's got a verses. It's got a bridge. It's got a chorus. It's two and a half minutes long. But it doesn't sound like the rest of the album. It sounds like something that you're doing to introduce an album. It sounds like... But that's what track one is. Sure. So then give me 11 more tracks after that for a 12-track album. It's a great album, by the way. Oh, you think? <laughs> I fucking love this song. I'm not like criticizing this. Wait, you you actually wanted to rule it out when talking about the track listing. No, I'm saying that this album, imagine this with one more song on it. Uh, yeah, New York City Cops. I know, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it should be. Uh, the only song that's not a classic on that album is the song that replaced New York City yep, Cops. Yeah, 100%. Which is annoying. Again, England winning. See, I'm out of beer. I finished my Faith American. Do so you want to go grab one? So I I'm going to play the Is This It Home recording while you get a beer. This is going to be our longest episode ever. How is many, it? how many, oh, I love this. Can't you see I'm trying? Now, if this is track one, I'd be like, yeah, this was recorded on a cassette, like a Fisher Price cassette. <laughs> Not, it doesn't count. Now I'm staying. But you would say that this is... You know what's great? Real quick. You know what's great about the world we live in? It was very recently. I was just a little drunk and just on YouTube listening to every version of every Stroke song ever. Like every demo, (laughs) every like B-side that never came out, like the Elephant song. And like, it's so nice. You were deep. You went down the wormhole. It's so nice that you could just do that now. Like imagine having that ability to do that when we were kids with like the bands that we loved. When we were... When the 26. Yeah. It's crazy how much has changed. All right. You want to get that beer? Yeah, I'll get a beer. All right. What's the next song? I'm trying to find it. I'm having some playlist issues today. It's red light indicates doors are secured. I will go get a beer and you can start that song if you can ever figure it out. I'm going to find it. I found it. I fucking found it. I fucking found it. Is this it his real song? Song. But you would say that's a lazy indulgence to just start playing the strokes there, but all this is connected to that album. 
Bob, is there any Faith American in there? I'll take it. Because I know Colleen can get us more because Kelsey Grammer is trying to make Colleen wife number 14. Faith American's back, baby. All right. You, uh, you haven't heard it. Here it is. The kind of thing that seems so silly But not when they both had a few well, Welcome down, temper, temper We just shouldn't get so annoyed But you're acting like a silly little boy Alright Alright Ness's red light indicates doors are secured Put it on the board Okay Put it on the board uh, Questionable Okay Might as well though any thoughts about that one, Bob? Nope. All right. Up next is Marty Bum. Another great song. We like it when they slow it down. This is a good one. Oh, yes. This American Ale has a nice ravioli aftertaste. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Laughs and jokes around. Remember cuddles in the kitchen, to get things up. I think I was hit by lightning at some point, like in my early 20s. And I have these weird uh, taste palettes for certain beers. Like, I always thought that, um, what was the beer I thought tasted like salami juice? You think Blue Moon tastes Blue like Moon. salami. Salami right. juice. Right. Like, if you could turn salami into juice, it would taste like that. I have no idea what that even means. This Faith American Ale tastes as a nice, uh, maybe a lasagna aftertaste. Were you in that Weezer car accident? Like, were you part of that whole thing? They were actually beaten by Mark Wahlberg and their friends. His friends. Oh, no. <laughs> I've changed. I'm not the same guy I was. Believe me or else. Asshole. <laughs> Believe me or else. And you've got the face Marty Bum. I love this song. Oh, this is good, this part. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Bob, when we uh, have to select the song for the Throwback Podcast playlist, I uh, Marty Bum's on my mind, Bob. All right. The one that I'm going to... 
fight you with it hasn't been played yet, so I'm excited about that. All right. But um, do you remember how we started 2006 or ended 2005, the New Year's disaster? We had a bad dinner. Of our own making? It was the bad dinner, right? It was. Yeah, I don't like that one. We decided sometime in like the fall of 2005 that, you know what? We're older now. We've done so many crazy New Year's Eves. What a life we've led. Doing the open bar, dropping like 150 clams to go do an open bar and just party until midnight and do that whole thing. You know what we're going to do this year? We're going to get our friends. We're going to get a bunch of our friends and we're just going to like go to dinner, have a nice dinner, do it nice, and then go to a bar and just like ring in the new year like adults. So... We uh, we threw it out to our friends, uh-huh. and uh, we got three. Uh, we got some responses, uh-huh. and uh, New Year's Eve came, and it ended up being three couples, three long term couples uh-huh. who've been together a long time, and us. Uh-huh. We were the fourth couple. Oh, that's how it happened. Yeah, that's how it, that's how it was all set up. Like we thought it was going to be everybody, and the only people who agreed to hang out that night. We're three people in very serious long-term relationships. And since we were the ones that started this whole thing, it was us with three couples. Oof. And I remember... Quadruple date for Getting us. very drunk. So what we did was yeah. you came to my apartment and brought a handle of vodka. We sat down. <laughs> and beer tastes better. And I was, at the time, obsessed with Flight of the Concords. Yes. They had just put out, they had just come out with their um, first HBO special. Mm -hmm. And I probably watched that thing a hundred times. We drank the entire handle of vodka. Well, no. If it was a handle, we didn't drink the whole thing. I think we might. It was an insane. But it could have been maybe a I mean, listen. Look, um, I'm just saying. Was there absinthe involved? Yes. There was also some absinthe involved before we left. And we watched Flight of the Concords, and we left the house, and we went to this nice, fancy dinner. It's like, have we drunk enough to like forget about how lonely we are tonight? <laughs> That's exactly what it was all about. Have we handled it? Yep. Have we taken care of that problem? <laughs> That's all we were trying to do, was drown the pain of being completely Jesus. alone. And uh, we went to a lovely couple's dinner, just bombed out of our minds. Out of our gourds. Out of our gourds. Our buddy, uh, Crazy Mike, was our waiter that yes, night. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And, uh, I hope we took care of him. Who knows? Who knows what we did? We didn't take care of ourselves. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know about for you, but we ended up having a hard time finding a bar to even get into to ring in the new year. But I think we did. And at some point, going back to the text messaging, I was uh, texting or calling a girl that I was kind of hooking up with at the time and got her to meet up. She came back to my place and decided that night to have the what are we conversation Mm. on New Year's Eve on New Year's Eve that's on her ultimately no no but it was also like she knew what she was doing because I was fucking so drunk that I decided I could that night I committed to being her boyfriend (laughs) and the wait I don't she there's so many holes in that logic not with your story but like why you did your initial plans for new year's eve had nothing to do with her and then it ended with you 
committing to her to be in a relationship and yes. you weren't even like getting together on New Year's? Yeah, correct. Like am I am I missing something or is that make I mean, no sense? I think we're all missing something. But that's what happened. And the next morning I woke up and uh just spent the entire day questioning what I was doing with my life because why how did I get myself into a relationship I didn't want to be in? And I watched 20 episodes of 24 in a row. <laughs> so it ties into Alicia Cuthbert, too. I, Everything ties together. I, I, I recall that we were not on good behavior at the restaurant. That I right. think we made some of the people at the table uncomfortable. And um, and I look back at, at that version of myself now, and I understand that I was probably still in a lot of pain about a past relationship and mm-hmm. just taking it out of the people at the table. Yeah, probably. And being still young enough to not handle my booze. And I'm yeah. glad that era of my life is over. Me too. <laughs> this is perhaps Vampires is a bit strong, but... I know you certain will fail Cause all you people are vampires There's just, there are some, yeah, you learn some hard lessons with drinking. And some people, they, when they learn those lessons, that leads to them, stop. they stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never felt that way because I enjoy drinking. Yeah. I'm I like getting drunk. Right. I like hanging out with my friends and having a few pops. But I, I do understand why certain instances, especially if you're somebody that struggles with it, and then you end up having several of those nights. Right. (laughs) You're like, oh, wait, this has to stop. Luckily, I don't think either of us kind of fell in that category. No, we're lucky. Good social drinkers. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that I think everybody has those bad nights in your 20s. I think, I, I don't want to say you have to, because you don't have to. But I do think that there is something about them that helps you understand your limits and kind of helps you kind of realize moving forward where you need to exist. Well said. This is when the sun goes down. Have we heard the song yet that you like a lot? I love this one too. This is another but one the of my one favorites. That you want to you want to pound the table for? Still no. Okay. I fucking love this song. Real good. Man, thinking about our throwback podcast playlist, how whatever song we pick is coming after Mr. Big to be with you, you got to factor that in. Got to factor in. Got to do it. You might need a little shot of adrenaline in there. All right. We're up to 36 replies. Innocent Gun, Tenants Lager, Everard's 1849, uh, Bass, 
More of an ale than a beer, but by far the best one around. Okay. And then someone says, what do you mean? What do you think this means? Ale is beer. Right. Correct. How do I know? <laughs> the snog hobbing bloke or cunty bangers are both God. Now I don't even know. No, These are people that never went to bed last night. <laughs> yes, that's it. We didn't factor in those people when you sent it out. That makes perfect sense. Love those guys. All right, penultimate track, Bob. Very long song title. Short songs, long titles. It's very... uh... When was the last time you drank until the sun came up? I'm glad you you have to think on that. It's from the Ritz to the Rubble. This album closes stronger than I remember. It does. It doesn't yeah, really lose momentum. It does. It's it's a really good, really good album. I like it. This is from the Ritz of the Rebel, as I said, the penultimate track. You know, I think if you if you took out the uh, vampire song and maybe one other one early on, you'd get your eleven tracks and you'd be a little more satisfied. There with you go. Not me. You and all. Of us. You know what? Me too. Um, I would say a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, at the Combine in Indianapolis, we ended up staying up really late, going to a party, and then ending up at a Waffle House. Oh, nice. And then we were, in, we were back at the hotel, and the sun was coming up. Nice. But that wasn't drinking through, because that's not, that's not my thing. I'm right. more like... You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall from about 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. You can do whatever the fuck you want after that. You're more like an eating till the sun comes up guy. I'll eat. <laughs> I will have a fucking burrito. <laughs> I will have some pizza. You, you take me. I'll take you food 1 to 2.30. Either way, I'm yeah. gone by 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2.30, I'm gone. Yeah. You'll get me drinking 6 to 1. You'll get me eating 1 to 2.30. And you will you could find somebody else to stay up the rest of the night. Yeah. And smoke and have another beer or whatever the fuck. Watch movies. That's not me. No. How about you? It's been a long time. Yeah, I don't even remember the last time I did it. I don't even know if but it that really was... happened when we lived in Hollywood in our heyday. No, I think by the time we moved out here we were done. But in New York it happened frequently because the bars were open till four. Yes. And it was just way easier to do because then you would go get that burrito at 4.30 in the morning yes. or falafel or whatever. Then you're going somewhere else. You're hanging out. Well, I especially like in those when we were in our mid-20s, I worked for Major League Baseball and my shifts would end at 2 a.m. And God bless New York because I would immediately meet up with wherever you guys are at. Yeah. And you guys would be winding down and I'd be pounding drinks. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm hot. Like I, I was sleeping until noon or one back then because of my work. And I was up regularly until four or five. 
That's right. But that was different too. Here's a certain romance, the closing track. And I think, oh, this and is I think great. the best track on the album. Whoa. See, this is very Libertines. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the way it started out that we were talking over, it just starts out like with so much energy and then it just kind of settles into this right now. I love this song. But if you love it so much, shut the fuck up. Okay, okay. period on this conversation the best British beer blank is best drunk in an authentic country pub impossible to narrow it down we have so many great beers oh, I like that you did it Tommy don't you know oh it's a funny thing you know we'll tell them if you like we'll tell them all tonight they'll never listen because the minds are made up and course it's all okay to carry on that way but I said no all right, so I love I, the song, Bob. I just realized that a line in this song that I loved at the time and thought it was so, so like perfect in the moment now is so dated. There's only music, so there's new ringtones. Oh, no. I mean, uh, it is such a victim of its time oh, now. Oh, that's tough. Fuck. That's tough. That hurts. You kids out there don't know. We used to pay for ringtones. You'd pay for a ringtone, like, it would be a big deal. In fact, <laughs> The one that I had on my phone for uh, this entire era was Reptilia. That's right. Yeah. That was my ringtone for a long time. Um, And that was a big deal. It was a way to express yourself. And then society um, via Apple eventually smoothed out the edges and made sure we were all exactly the same. Right. That was good. Yeah. The, the, it was too much to give us that sort of level of freedom. It used to be you would get a phone and you would have a lot of different choices and then the phone would be an extension of your personality. I remember one year, I, for a couple of years, I had the Razor Flip yep. and then that had the Reptilia playing on. It's like, that's my fucking phone. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, like, they took out some sandpaper. So let's, let's get everybody exactly the same. You know what killed it was that, was it called the Ring Back where when you called somebody instead of hearing a ring, you would hear a song? That was kind of like a bridge too far, I think, for most people. The, o- the only person who ever got one was Jason Zumwalt. Right. It was like uh, classical, it was like classical music. music. Yeah, like, yeah. you were like, what, what the doing? fuck are we doing, Jason? I think he still has it, too. I think he still pays $47 a month. 
in order to uh, keep that. Well, he can't defend himself, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the classical music. Of course. Internal ring tone. All right, here we go. <clears throat> That's it. That is a. Uh, that is the entirety of the album. Whatever people say, I am. What a bang! Comma. That's what I'm not. That's good. Like it. Love the album. It's real good. In fact, I think um, I think I have regrets that I was a little uh, hard on the album in the moment. I do also remember that I didn't like the way it was mixed. It was a very 2006. Everything pushed to the right, front. Right. It, it didn't sound as pleasant to me, but I'm over it. I like that too now. I like everything about it. Also, didn't they surpass Oasis for like most albums sold in a week? Or it was like, it was a big. They, they, There's no way this could have beat Definitely Maybe, right? They toppled Oasis in something kind of big. So I feel like we were both like guard up. Like, how dare you? It's like when Matchbox 20 was coming for County Crows. Yeah. Crown. We got to protect. Like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, Rob Thomas. Back off. We're loyal to our boys. <laughs> so, you know, for better or worse. All right. I don't think that should be the uh, song, by the way, Bob. I agree. The ringtone line kind of turned me off. Uh, okay. Well. <laughs> it's all about the ringtone line at that, this point. Uh, that's not what turned me off. What turned me off is it's not representative of the album because it's five and a half minutes long. I agree with that, too. And I think the, the brevity of the songs and how quick hitting they are is part of the charm of the whole album. In fact, before... Um, a certain romance closes the album. There's only one other song that passes the 3:22 mark before. Well, view from the afternoon is 3:42, but most of the songs are about 2:30 to three minutes long. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, before we uh, pick the song for the playlist, Bob. Yeah. How about those Patronis? How about those Patronis? Thank you to everybody. <laughs> Who's keeping this podcast alive? This beer is really starting to hit me, dude. Right? It's 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 a heavy one. It's a heavy I fucking American love this ale. country, bro. <laughs> and you know what? I think the country is perfect the way it is. Well, you know what? Let's start with the Patronis from this country. You know when I say that? Yeah. Build it up. Whoa. Build it up. We're building walls now. Wait, it's the beer. It's, it's the, the beer. beer. It's the beer. Put the beer down. It's the beer. Put okay. the beer nope. down. Nope. That's not... The out. principles of the nation are about people coming in. Yeah. We got it. Open border. I'm going to take a sip. No, don't take a sip. Don't take Should a sip. Uh, one more sip, but then... Right, one more sip. All right, here we go. He's taking a sip. Build it up. No. All right, put it down. All right, put it down. Put it down. This down. is not good. We've got to bury this beer in the backyard. This is not <laughs> a good thing for us to have. Thank you to everybody who keeps this idiocy alive. <laughs> <laughs> throwing in $2 a month, $6 a month, and more on patreon.com slash throwback pod. plus Trump. <laughs> patreon.com slash throwback pod. Thank you to our top tier Patreonies, the legendary Kleine and Mansi over in Australia. Are you good with Australia right now? I know you're... I love Australia. Okay, good. You're, the beer's down. He loves Australia. That's great. Thank you. This is from The Independent, a UK publication. Kelsey Grammer's pro-Trump politics risk tarnishing the Fraser reboot. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. Wait, someone in England wrote about this? What do you guys care about this shit? Don't care. Bruno, the sponsor up in Canada. Do you like Canada? What? How do you feel about Canada right Canada's now? Canada's fucking great. Okay, good. Because of, especially because of our man. Yeah, of course. In the trailer. He's not in the trailer. He's alive. We know he's alive. He's in an old bus that's been hollowed out for 30 years. McCandless, <laughs> I think his name is. Thank you to Courtney and Wyatt. 
and our newest top tier Patreone, Miles from Wisconsin. Miles. <laughs> Miles. Miles from the USA Today. Kelsey Grammer stands up for Trump, calls politicians the same bunch of clowns. Oh boy. Who oh boy. Oh, he's lo- and is a picture of him with a blonde that looks exactly like Colin. <laughs> so thank you, Miles and Miles. All, all of the Patreonies <laughs> on patreon.com slash throwbackpod. If you want to support us, just head on over there and keep this thing afloat. We'll use the money to buy British beer. Apparently there's a lot of good British beer. Not surprised. All right. They so love it. A Certain Romance, we agree, is not going to be the song on the Throwback Podcast playlist. Can't be, I bet you look good on the dance floor. Too big of a song. The seventh best song of all time. So we can't put Or was that it 93rd? That. I can't remember. Don't know. Don't it was know. Se- it was seventh, I think. Their numbers are different over there. Which is absurd, but that's uh, cool. You guys, you, you do you. I should state that there are, there, the Beatles are better represented than any other band on that list. Okay. But at the same time, like, geez, guys. You're, you're England. Eh, put the Beatles at number one. No, they, they got to be they got to be interesting. I get it. I get it. I get what they're doing. Put Queens of the Stone Age number one. They're 99. I understand <laughs> that it was unclear. What do you think? What are we putting on the playlist? Um, I would say if I had to pick, uh, if it was totally up to me... <clears throat> Uh, it's not Marty Bum. Uh, excuse me. It's not Riot Van. I think right. it's Marty Bum would be my choice. I really like the vibe of that song. It's chill. Now you could argue that's maybe not representative of the the album as a whole, but I just really enjoy that song. I understand that. I think the two that really jumped out to me tonight were "Still Take You Home." I really enjoyed that, and "When the Sun Goes Down," because I do think that their sort of punkier side came out in those. And I liked both of those the most. So you're, you, uh, so Marty bum doesn't even make the top two. That's interesting. All right. So you know what? Uh, how about when the sun goes down? Let's do it. All right. So who's that girl Great song. All right. Great so song. the next uh, song on the throwback podcast playlist is when the sun goes down by Arctic monkeys following Mr. Big. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think I feel like that had to happen. I'm sorry to go against you. We don't do that very often, but, you know. No, you, you it's had fun. It, you had it coming. A little pushback there, and that's uh, I fucking hate you for it. Yep. Anything else to say, Bob? I think we've said it all tonight. And then some. Has this? How long has this episode been? It's over an hour and a half. Okay, that's enough. But, you know, we we made them wait five years for it, so. Yeah, we hope. I hope that. Oh, you know what we should do? I do want to pick one Arctic Monkey song you've liked since this album. Because we're not doing this band again, and I know people really, this band means a lot to people. Yeah. And we love, man, I just love all those people in the UK that love this show. So let's give them a little pop. Um, I do. I love. Oh, I love this song. Okay, this was my song. choice. Oh. Great right. song. That was a great choice, by the way, Bob. Good. I support that. I love this song. No, that's not it. <laughs> 
I like this song. <laughs> Here it is. I like that. I like that song, but I love this song. Do I wanna know? Right. Here we go. Oh, AM. Color in your cheeks. Do you ever get that feel that you can't shift the tide that sticks around like summits in your teeth? Are there some aces up your sleeve? Have you no idea that you're in deep? I dreamt about you nearly every night this week. How many secrets can you keep? There's this tune I found that makes me think of you somehow when I play it on repeat until I fall This came out in two thir- 2013, so seven years later, and you can tell there's a little maturity set in here a little bit, the band. Well, this was huge here in America. Over one billion plays on Spotify. Wow. So, I mean, this is a huge band. Even if they haven't I think you oversell it a little bit and say it was huge in America. I know. I think this is a big rock song out here. Hmm. I guess it's all relative. And at any, in 2013, I would guess of the top 10 songs in the country, eight were R&B or hip Right, 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 right. I'm saying and a huge maybe rock 10. song. Right. Yeah. It was like uh, two Katy Perry songs and eight hip-hop songs. <laughs> right. But... You're right. It could have been a modern rock hit. I'm sure it was. All right. How about you, Bob? I mean, I would love to pick something off of their 2011 album, Suck It and See. That's how you know a band is really feeling themselves. I'm like one more drink away from having real takes on that album title, but I'm just going <laughs> to leave it there. Uh, I'm one I, American pale ale away. Just to kind of run the full scope of their uh, discography, let's go with Fluorescent Adolescent. No, don't drink it. Don't put it down. Put down the beer. Put down the beer. What a country! I'll put it down. Okay, that's not so bad. It could be worse. Let's go with Fluorescent Adolescent. Great song title, Bob. And now, how quickly can I find it? I like that they're fun they just they can do kind of a little they're bit good. of everything yeah they're a good band they did it bob they did it 
I get why people are into Arctic monkeys. <laughs> there we go. Follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod, Instagram at ThrowbackPod. Big shout out to Eric, who runs our Instagram page. Love that dude. Love that dude. Thank you for everything you do, Eric. And At what point do we pay Eric? Never, dude. Don't even say that. I'm not saying hashtag time to pay Eric should happen for Throwback <laughs> Podcast listeners. I would ask that you don't do that. But yeah, I'm please saying, don't do that. If you did, I can't. I can't do anything no, else. No, I mean, shrug my shoulders. Be like, yeah. I mean, at a certain point, I feel like if we got a handful of those, we would have no choice. But I'm kind of putting it in Eric's court now to, to motivate the people. This podcast would end so quickly. If anyone demanded us pay anyone anything else. Or to just do anything, really. Right. Yeah. So thank you for not demanding anything of us. You guys are the best. Uh, email us at uh, thethrowbackpod at gmail.com. Do you check that email at this point? We got a very interesting email I need to talk to you about from a major Hootie and the Blowfish fan. Really? Yeah. We'll talk about that after we... Uh, Is it about Fairweather Johnson? He just really wants to talk about Hootie with us. So we got to get into that. Did we do Crack Review? <laughs> of course we did. <laughs> like you remember one thing I remember from nothing, that episode nothing from that episode so thank you to everybody I remember old man and me oh so good let's do that right now anything else Bob that's all I got alright thank you for everybody thank you to everybody for listening we'll be back in a couple weeks this is our last show together for a little bit Bob yeah, uh, you're heading uh, to A-Town we're going remote we'll see how uh, that goes for work for the old Lego Masters show so uh we're going to have some help. The Grave Digger is going to jump in. Oh, damn. Uh, from the ATN side and help us produce some episodes. And we're going to do it. Let's see how it goes. We'll see what happens. And uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Until then, go fuck yourself. Yep. <laughs>